This is Sportsnet Today with Riley Pollock and Patrick Dumas. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Big 6-3 win for the Calgary Flames. We're going to break it down here, me and Riley Pollock. Welcome to Sportsnet Today. First time acting as a post-post-game show for the Flames. Uh, over the next hour, we'll break down today's 6-3 win over Ottawa. We'll hear from Coach Ward, Yusuf Alamaki, Andrew Mangiapane, Michael Backlund. And in the second segment, we'll hear from Steve Cito from our sister station, 660 News, to break down the big Raptors win last night and what the, this team does ahead of the trade down. And we'll also talk with some Blue, talk some Blue Jays spring training as uh, their schedule kicks off against the Yankees. First things, though, there was a hockey game today. Flames playing their second of four in a row with the uh, with the Auto Senators. Riley, what your thoughts on uh, today's game? Uh, I was impressed with this Flames team, especially in the first 40 minutes. I think uh, they came out strong, and it's something they've been talking about all season to get those first three goals in the first period is yeah. something that I'm sure they were very happy about. So, I mean, it's a well-deserved win. Could Matt Murray have played better in goal? <laughs> Absolutely. But... Uh, you know, the Flames will take it, and uh, I was I was impressed by the win, especially in that first 40 minutes. Thought they kind of let off a bit in the third period, but, I mean, they were winning 6-2, six, six to two, so you're going to yeah. see that. So, overall, I thought a, a pretty well-played bounce-back game by the Flames. Yeah, I, I put it out this morning saying, I want to see a quick start from them. I want to see them hit some, some, hit some people, and that's what you did. Two goals in 37 seconds, Milan Lucic fighting Austin Watson. They were getting... A lot of shots towards Matt Murray, and the pucks went in, uh, and and uh, and they and they came away with a six-three uh, win. Let's hear from uh, the head coach uh, Jeff Ward after uh, today's six-three win. Uh, of course, you heard it on the post-game show. Let's hear it again. Good, uh, good stuff from Coach Ward after today's six-three win against Ottawa. Can you just talk about uh, your decision? You know, we talked about it after the last game. You had your lines from last year back, and uh, you know the decision behind. Going with them again. Well, we just felt like they uh, <clears throat> they brought some energy to the game when we put them back together in the last game, and so we felt like um, you know it might give us the the start we were looking for tonight. It certainly did. Um, and we talked about it early in the season. You know, we're confident with those lines. We know they work. Uh, we feel good with them. And then uh, you know, as we said, we wanted to try to explore something else to see if there was a potentially better lineup. But, you know, we know that that's a good fit. There's chemistry between those guys uh, having played together uh, for a long period of time. And, um, you know, certainly they uh, they showed it tonight that, uh, you know, the, the chemistry between them is still there. And they, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes a little bit of comfort and some old faces is all you need to sort of get things going the other way. Jeff, looking back sort of at this week, starting with Monday, um, Ultimately, you guys have now sort of you've, you've gone to one and one got five points from a possible eight. I know there's still work to be done, but does it feel like the, the corner is beginning to be rounded? <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, it's always the the perception is the most important thing. And you look, you know, you look at the stretch and like you say, it's two one and one. And probably with uh, everything everybody's been feeling, you know, you feel like it was on five. So, <laughs> you know, it's uh, you got to keep everything in perspective and it's. You know, we talked about it before. It's it's not sort of what happens sometimes. It's how you react to it that's more important. So for us, I mean, we just work in small stretches of time. And now, you know, what we're worried about is is putting a good game on the ice again, uh, you know, on Monday. And if we can do that and, and get off the road back home, then we'll, you know, we'll go from there. So um, it's funny how you, when you just worry about your process and 
you're focused on that, how, you know, things will look after themselves and it, it sort of eliminates the highs and lows in a week, like you said, where there is probably a lot of highs and lows. And, um, you know, those are the things that we want to try to eliminate. We want to sort of stay even killed and understand exactly where our game's at and where we need to take it. And, you know, so this, this week for us is a, is a good learning lesson, obviously. And the other thing too, is that, you know, it's part of the schedule where we knew it was going to be heavy. So, you know, I think it's important that our players uh, get familiar with that. And there are certainly some things that we can take from it. Does, I mean, you talked about the process and sort of with everything that you just said, I mean, does a game like today where, I don't want to say things go your way, but, um, you know, it does turn out well for you and you are rewarded for sticking with that process. I mean, how much value does that just have? Well, it has some value. I think it helps with the confidence a little bit, but, you know, the biggest thing again is that, uh, you know, we've got to get ready to play Monday now. So, you know, we have to have a short memory um, like you do at, you know, at playoff time and like you do in these short series that everybody plays. You have to have a short memory and, you know, take what the take from the game what you need to and move ahead and, you know, get ready for the next one. So that's, uh, you know, we can relax a little bit tonight, but, you know, later on tonight, we got to start uh, getting ready to, you know, to play well again on Monday. Um, and just one more for me. On the broadcast, I believe they said that Derek Ryan was skating again at the Saddledome. Any sort of update on, on where he's at or when we, we might expect to see him again? Uh, well, no, he is skating. Um, and then, of course, we'll see. I, I, you know, the biggest thing is, is that, you know, how he can handle the puck. That's going to be the biggest thing. He's, he's, uh, he's been skating for a while now. Um, so, you know, his shape should be fine. But, you know, ultimately, it's how, uh, how comfortable he feels uh, with his hand on the stick and what he's able to do with the puck. Jeff Ward following uh, the 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators. He said in the pregame show on the coaches show with uh, Peter Labardius, or sorry, the coaches winning roadmap, uh, that uh, plan B, the, the the shifting back to the, the bubble lines was a, was a big key in this one. They, he played them at the, the end of the third period uh, on, uh, on Thursday. And again, he played them today. What did you think of, uh, of getting those bubble, bubble lines back? The MMA line was huge. Mangiapane was huge. Kachuk. Backlund, obviously, three points. Your thoughts on that? I thought the top six was great, for sure. I thought uh, Johnny and Monty looked a little bit more confident with Lindholm on their mm -hmm. right wing again. Lindholm obviously picking up that uh, steel goal to make it 3 nothing. Yeah. And, yeah, that uh, that MMA line, uh, it's pretty gross. It's uh, <laughs> I, I've always really liked that line with Backlund and Kachuk and Manjapani. Um, and yeah, they, it looked like they didn't miss a beat. They haven't played together in, in quite a while since the bubble really. And, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought they were really, really good tonight and, uh, big props to the defense too. Maybe, maybe the best total game from the group mm -hmm. of six this season. Yeah. Especially I mean, Gio. I, I thought Gio was great. Oh yeah. Gio definitely was. Uh, he got, he had a good, good, uh, uh, good pregame skate. We saw him beacon with the, uh, with the senators. He had a, a nice big hit today. As well, I think that the captain definitely needed to to show that he he did. I know he cares. We we know he cares, but it's tough to see. You know, it, it translate. You see the results piling up. You see the losses, and it's tough to see. Well, do these guys really care? And I thought Gio put on a heck of a performance uh, today uh, from the captain. Let's hear from uh, Yusuf Alamaki. He scored his second career NHL goal. Uh, he opened up the scoring in this one. Let's hear from the Finn. You so I know uh, you've had a couple of good looks throughout the course of this early season. It looked like uh, that one felt pretty good to kind of get that one, that first one for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It felt really good. Um, you know, it's been a while since I scored a 
scoring NHL goals. So I uh, definitely felt good. Uh, happy we uh, got off to a good start. Got a couple other ones in the first and, you know, carried on the game and got the win. That's uh, it's huge for us. Yeah, just just more on uh, on that one in particular, uh, the way that the first period started, um, you know, not only your goal, but then to follow that up and kind of keep pushing through that first period. Uh, how impressed were you with the way you started this evening? You know what? Honestly, I think that's how we got to start every game. Um, we talked about it a lot and, you know, it's kind of stayed in the talk uh, talk stage. We haven't been able to really do it. So to be able to do it, it's probably going to, you know, give us confidence that, you know, we can do it. And that's uh, that's the way how we got to play. And um, yeah, you know, we got to we got to carry it on the next game again. You so I mean, just in general, do you guys allow yourselves to enjoy that one? It was the first sort of straightforward win in a little while. Yeah, I mean, you got to enjoy it. You got to enjoy winning. Um, you know, you got to hate losing. So when you lose, you got to hate the feeling when you win. You really gotta like that feeling, and then you gotta enjoy it. Um, but either way, you win or you lose, you gotta, you know, take the time to to feel it the right way, and and then you gotta, you know, forget it, and then you gotta move on because you play, uh, you know, especially this year, we play all the time. So it's only uh, whatever day and a half, and, and then we play again. So you gotta enjoy it the the right time, and then you gotta forget it and and uh, do it again the next game. You yeah, so can you just describe? The feeling on the bench today compared to the, what it's been like of late? Um, well, obviously, when you get a good start, it's easier to play. When you're not chasing the game, you can, uh, you know, you get the lead, you get the feel a little bit. And then obviously, it's, uh, you know, guys can be a little bit more happy and build off on that happy feeling. Not that, you know, you got to like push all the time. You got to get a next goal. You got to get goal. You got to get going. Uh, so it's obviously, you know, a little bit different, but, uh, you know, we tried to try to do our best every night and, and, you know, today we got off to a good start and carried on and we played a good game and then got a big win. So, um, like I said earlier, we got to do it again soon. Uh, you, so just going back to your goal there, um, at what point you've talked about, you know, being able to jump up in the play this season and getting involved off offensively. At uh, what point did you just decide to jump up into that one? Because it looked like for a while Johnny was alone and he had nobody, and then you kind of just appeared from nowhere, at least on the TV broadcast. Uh, well, I came off the bench. Um, so Gio and I think Gio and Razzy were on, and, and they you know gave the puck up to the forwards, and, and they changed. And I right from the bench, I, I saw Johnny was going and just decided it's a good moment to go. And, and uh, you know, that's an unbelievable pass by him. Um, you know, it's, I don't know, head high sauce and it, uh, lands right on my stick and, and I just, uh, shot it and it went in, but, uh, yeah, I, I came off the bench. There's Yuso Valimaki, one goal on three shots in today's win over Ottawa. Riley, uh, what were your thoughts on that Yuso Valimaki goal? Well, I thought Johnny Goudreau did an unbelievable job kind of by himself there. He picked yeah. up the puck in his own end, made a defender fall down as he made a cut at his own blue line and then spins back around, finds Yuso, like Yuso said, with a beautiful pass, and Valimaki yeah. made no mistake. But that was a great rush started by Johnny Goudreau there. Yeah, Valimaki definitely getting some of that uh, stuff he learned playing over in Finland uh, before uh, the NHL return, getting a lot more jumpy into the offensive zone, and that's what you want to see from Valimaki. Now let's hear from star number two, Andrew Mangiapane. Hi, Andrew. I, I know it's probably a little per, uh, awkward to talk about 
you know, yourself playing well when the team's had some struggles recently, but I think you've got all like 11 points in, in, in February. Um, do you feel like you've sort of leveled up a little bit um, this month? Um, sure. I guess maybe uh, points wise and all that, but I mean, I think, um, you know, that has a lot to do with uh, my line mates and everything like that. I mean, I think uh, obviously the points or uh, wins really aren't really coming, uh, coming there right now, but I think just as a group, I think that this big win was, you know, it's, it's, it's big for us and we got to continue to trend in that direction. Right? Um, obviously points are nice, but I think the, the wins and the two points that you get from that are uh, 10 times better. I know Thursday's game was sort of not great, but if you look back, I mean, Monday, Wednesday, today, do you feel like there's at all a sort of a rounding of the corner that's happened with this team in terms of you guys getting back to, you know, some of those, some of those things you talked about getting back to? Yeah, I'd say so. I think um, this game and, you know, we took some positives from last game. Obviously it wasn't the, our best, but I think this game, you know, we're, we're building, we're trending in the right direction. And, you know, next game we're going to have to keep building on it, right? It's not going to all just change in, in one game or anything like that. It's, it's a build, I think. Right. And I think um, every time you get out there, it, it, you're building, you're building on your last shift, you're building on your last game. So that's how we got to look at it. And uh, it takes everyone to get the job done. Andrew, just, can you talk a little bit about, you know, the, the role that familiarity and going back to those old lines played in today's success? Yeah. Um, I think, um, I think our first, I guess, three lines there are, are the same from, I guess, last year's bubble and all that. Right. And I, I don't know what it was, but yeah, there was definitely, I, there is good chemistry there with all those lines. Right. Um, I think that we were rolling today and you, and you saw it, right. I think, um, you know, I don't know what it is or whatnot, but I know for our line, I, we're just comfortable. We're comfortable talking to each other and, you know, what you want. And, and, you know, I think that's, you know, that's how it should be. Um, obviously I think we have uh, 12, you know, who has ever played 12 great forwards and uh, four lines that can go at any time. So we just got to, you know, continue to build chemistry throughout uh, those four lines. Andrew, just wanted to ask you about the start. I know it's been something that's talked about so often, but when you're able to score early, but then, you know, continue to press the way you guys did and, and, and kind of add to it like that, um, you know, how does that set up the rest of the game in contrast to what you've been playing through? Yeah, I, I think that's a huge, um, I think um, our start to the games uh, maybe haven't been our best and maybe that's um, why we haven't had uh, that much success. So I think, um, you know, going out there and having a good first couple shifts, uh, rolling four lines, you know, even if, you know, we don't score a goal, you know, everyone's getting involved in the game. And I think that's big, right? And I think uh, that needs to continue. Uh, we need to have uh, stronger starts just like that. There you go. There's Andrew Mangiapane. Stat from Sportsnet Stats, I saw this. Uh, Flames' Andrew Maggiapane has now scored 18 of his 33 career goals in the month of February. That's 54.5%. I know he hasn't really had a chance to play in March uh, due to the fact that there is a, was a pandemic last March and he couldn't play. <laughs> and he's only really in his second full season. Let's hear from star number one, Michael Backlund. He had a three-point night. Wonderful game from Michael. Let's hear from Backlund. How badly was, or how good does that one feel going out there and sort of having a win that was a little bit straightforward this time? Yeah, that was a big win for us. Um, you know, um, it was a tough game last game, uh, not the way we wanted. Um, you know, uh, we needed to be better and we knew that going in today. And I thought right from the first 10 minutes, we uh, took charge of the game and we played a solid game throughout the 
the day. Uh, I mean, they had some pushes here and there, some, you know, really skilled young players that can make things happen. So, um, but I thought they did overall a good job. Uh, was that a point of emphasis? Obviously, just kind of getting out there and getting comfortable and getting ahead early. I know it always is, but I imagine. I mean, it yeah, was no, it's it important today, of course, uh, to get a good start and uh, show right away that we're, you know, we're the better team and we want to dictate the game. And I thought we did a good job of that. Michael, do you have a thought on your line mate and Andrew, who just seems to be an engine in all situations in whatever line he's playing on? Yeah, I mean, Maggie has been growing uh, last few years. Uh, it's taken a step every year. Um, you know, starting a couple of years ago, it came in later in the season and um, uh, had a really good playoffs for us, I thought. Uh, in those short, but I thought he was one of the players that played really well. And then last year, took another step. And this year, he's here, you know, to show that he wants to stay in the top six and be a top six forward. So uh, I really enjoyed playing with him. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for him. He uh, deserves all the success. Hey, Michael. Uh, you guys were looking to kind of break out offensively after being held to one goal in uh, five of the last six games. Can you talk a bit about the importance of not only getting six goals tonight, but that no one player had more than a single goal? I mean, it really speaks to the balanced scoring that you guys had today. Yeah, uh, I mean, it feels good. Um, it was a tough stretch. Um, we knew we played, except for the Edmonton game. Um, I mean, yeah, the Vancouver game too, except for uh, those before last game. We knew, you know, we can play really solid defensively. Uh, when we are consistent, um, just offensive game, some for some reason hadn't been clicking, and uh, it was nice to see a lot of guys get awarded today, and um, you know get a big win. There you go, Michael Backlund, three point night, number one star in the six three victory over the Ottawa Senators. Now, Riley with Calgary, we've seen this before. They win a big one after losing a disgusting one. What does Calgary have to do? on Monday night to keep this going, turn this into a little more streak. I know this is the lines are going to stay the same. Riddick's probably going to be in net again on Monday. What needs to do for Calgary to turn this into a streak and hopefully turn their season around? Exactly what they did in the first period of this game. I mean, they haven't been able to, but it doesn't seem like they've been able to, be you know, yeah, not everybody's going to be Ottawa. It's, yeah. it's, it's showing up against Edmonton, Toronto, Winnipeg, Montreal. It's going to be those teams where they've struggled at points this year. Absolutely. Yeah, they uh, and the thing is, it seems like they have one good game and then two letdown games, one good game, two letdown games. It seems yeah. like it's been going that that way all season long. So For 15 I years think, it's been that way. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I get you. Uh, yeah, I just think that whatever they did, I mean, they can't really do whatever they did today because it's not going to be an 11 o'clock start on Monday, but uh, they just need to keep that same intensity. This team... You know, when the captain's yelling, you don't see that very often. Mm -hmm. There's Lucic just fighting someone and just absolutely ragdolling Watson. And, you know, the, it just seemed like their their give a you-know-what meter was uh, really high today, especially in that first period. So whatever they need to do to keep that going is what needs to happen on Monday night. And uh, if that happens, like, th this team can compete with most teams in the league, especially in the North Division. They just haven't shown the effort level, especially in that first game against Ottawa. Ottawa out-efforted them in every aspect of the game, yep. and that didn't happen today. 
No, I, I agree completely. We'll see. Uh, back at it again Monday night. Play by we'll have Flames warm up at four o'clock. Following the big show, we'll have play by play at five o'clock. NHL tonight, busy day. One game going on right now. Nashville up two one on the Columbus Blue Jackets. This one's on Sportsnet West. Late one though, forty four seconds left to go, uh, and then two games to go in the North Division. You got a good one, Toronto and Edmonton to kick your uh, hockey night in Canada schedule off. No Austin Matthews, so that top line will be John Tavares, uh, Mitch Marner, and Joe Thornton, and the late one. A 9 o'clock local start in Winnipeg for Montreal and Winnipeg. Jake Allen gets the start for the Habs. Hellebuck in net for the Jets. Our producer today is Kyle Lauderdale. He's making this show happen from our downtown Iconic studio. Iconic is proudly owned and operated from Western Canada since 2008, and they take great pride in giving back to the community that we all work and live in. Telecommunications, it's Iconic. Contact them today at EC. The Raptors are back at 500 after a 10-point win last night against the Rockets in a very cluttered NBA's Eastern Conference. And the Blue Jays, they actually play baseball tomorrow. All of this and more with Steve Cito around the break. You're listening to Sportsnet Today on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Sportsnet Today. Listen on the air, online, on the Sportsnet app, and always on your smart speaker. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Calgary. Lowry at the logo at center. OG comes up. Thought about the screen, instead goes back the other way. Lowry finds Powell coming along the baseline. Over onto the far sideline to Boucher for three. Too strong. OG trying to track it down. Knocks it out to Lowry. Wow. Could have been a foul as he crashed into Oladipo. Lowry out to Van Vliet. Bust it. North side triple. A huge one there. Take it and run if you're a Raptor fan. All made by the hustle of OG Ananobi. There's three of Fred Van Vliet's. 25 points last night and a 122-111 win over the Houston Rockets. Three more games remain in the Raptors' first-half schedule. And we'll get to some Toronto Blue Jays after a very productive offseason. They'll finally get to put in some work tomorrow as their spring training schedule opens up against the New York Yankees. So let's go down our guest hotline for the first time today, brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, now open for limited dine-in service with all safety precautions in place. Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the best pizza, pasta, steaks, and ribs since 1975 at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Steve Cito from 660 News. How's it going, brother? Good, man. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing great. Cannot complain. Had a big Flames win. Raptors win. Jay's coming back tomorrow. Let's get into shining, it. Ra- so. Yeah, man. It's it's beautiful outside. It's even nicer <laughs> tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Let's get into it here. Raptors, they snapped a uh, two-game losing streak last night against Houston. But a few hours before the game, they found out uh, they'd be without some coaches, including Nick Nurse and Pascal Siakam because of uh, health and safety protocols. Assistant Sergio Scolario stepped in as head coach. Just one of the new normals, eh, in today's NBA. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was. Uh, it wasn't really that surprising to see them kind of take over and really not skip a beat. What was more surprising was that Lowry wasn't able to be player coach. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been amazing. I think every been... Raptors fan wanted to see that, and unfortunately, it didn't turn out that way. But I mean, I think uh, all those guys on that bench would rather take a win rather than seeing uh, Lowry be player coach. <laughs> No, yeah, because Lowry, man, he had put together probably his best game of the year. He saved the game ball for Scalario. Now, we, we you mentioned there he couldn't be the player coach. So, yeah, he did put together his best game of the year, a triple-double. Now, last night his agent, Mark Bartlestein, said last night on SiriusXM NBA Radio that Lowry is focused on, keep, on staying and helping the Raptors now and doesn't want to be traded to his hometown Sixers. You know, do you keep Kyle, 
try and get an Andre Drummond for a deep run, or do you try, or and you, or do you trade Kyle while still staying competitive, but building around Fred and Pascal? What are your thoughts on that? I, I mean, if you can get a guy like Drummond, uh, you know, a real game changer that is really going to take some guys away from Fred and Pascal, then yeah. I think you have to make that move. Um, but like we've seen over throughout. Lowry's career with the Raptors that he's that heart and soul of that locker room. So mm-hmm. that deal, if you are going to trade Lowry, has to be monumental. Yeah, it's 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 some depth pieces that the Sixers would probably have to be end up sending. Maybe Danny Green en- ends up finding his way back to uh, to the Raptors. Now, now if now, do you think do, do should the Raptors? Still, looking at 17 and 17, the three games left in their first half schedule, they're only five back of Philly for first place. Is it, let's just go for this thing, one more run at it, or is it like, okay, let's start bringing in some more pieces for the young guys? It's kind of tricky, too, when you look at the Eastern Conference, you know, over the past few years, how it hasn't really been as strong as the West. Mm -hmm. So it does kind of benefit those teams. If you do want to make a push, if you are in the middle of the standings, I mean, you look at the Raptors when they're, you know, sitting at uh, 500 right now, you know, and they're sitting in fourth place. So, I mean, you can make a push, but if you end up losing these next three games before you go into the all-star break and then you get off to a slow start, then where do you go now? You know, you're, you've basically stalled yourself and you can't really make that push. And then do you really want to be that eight seed in the East and you're playing the Sixers or, you know, at worst the Nets in the first Probably round? Probably the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah. when you look at it, it's like you either have to go for a push. I, I think you have to keep Lowry and maybe try and weasel a deal where you get Drummond without having to give up a whole bunch of big pieces. But it's going to be tough. I mean, we've seen Masai do some crazy magical work mm-hmm. in the past, but, um, you know, it's going to be tough, you know, in that Eastern Conference. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Like, you don't want to take away from from Norm Powell, who's the Raptors are six and zero when he scores 30 points or more. You don't want to lose an OG Ananobi who's becoming a top defender in this league. I get the conundrum. And I think, you know, I think Kyle Lowry would definitely be down for re-signing. I mean, this dude's a Raptor for life. I, I, I think going forward, I think the Raptors should look at it. You know, I, they're not out of this. I think they're a really good squad. They beat Brooklyn. They beat the Bucks twice. You know, it's not there. They have the championship pedigree. I just don't think they can blow this up. And I think it's a lot of, you know, that NBA media feed. They just they they want to pump. They want to pump the tires of the big markets and they want to, you know, take away from Toronto. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, when you look at the games that they beat, you know, the Bucks and the Sixers and the Nets, you know, that's all good. But then you look back at those games that well, one that they lost to Minnesota and then they yeah, the two got Minnesota. beat again. But. Yeah. <laughs> you almost got beaten the second time, you know, yeah. luckily, uh, you know, they kind of pulled it together, you know, late in that game and, you know, and came away with that victory. But when you look at it, it's like, those are the games that you really have to, um, you really have to solidify. I mean, even looking at last night, you know, throughout that first half against Houston, Houston's in the basement of the Western conference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was close going into halftime until, you know, we came out of the, into the third quarter and the Raptors kind of just said, okay, let's take care of business, you know, send these guys packing again. Yeah. It's going to be those games against the teams in and around. It's going to be the games against the heat, the Knicks, the Celtics, the Pacers, even the bulls tomorrow night. Uh, So have your expectations matched up to uh, to the Raptors 17 and 17? Like, were you expecting more? Were you expecting less? Or is this right about 
where you'd expect the Raptors to be after losing guys like uh, Ibaka and Gasol in the offseason. Yeah, I think uh, I think every Raptor fan is pretty happy with where they're at right now. I mean, no one really likes going off to a slow start, but like as you said, losing Serge, losing Gasol, losing Kawhi, losing Danny Green. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of those pieces, it's slowly starting to catch up to them, but it's also remarkable to see where they're at now. Yeah. Losing all of those guys, you, you pick any other team in the league and you take away basically an all-star lineup mm-hmm. and they're 500 going into the all-star break. I mean, it, it's pretty remarkable what they've done so far. I mean, you, you look at it. I mean, look at this. If somebody comes at you with a package for Norm Powell, you know, and you can get a uh, Andre Drummond, or you can get that big yeah. changing piece without giving up Kyle Lowry. Do you do it? You know, that's that's the struggling thing. Like Andre Drummond, he's got one year left. There's no guarantee you're bringing him back. And you want to mortgage a guy like OG and Norm when you know they play such a big. It's 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 an interesting debate. I think they stay pat and try with this team with the way it is, unless something really amazing comes across uh, Masai and uh, Bobby Webster's desk, I don't think you should mess with things right now. I, I know. And, it, and it's tough too, when you, when you look at it, because when you look at the first round or even the second round, or you look at the Eastern conference finals, do you think the Raptors have the edge in any one of those series after the first round? Probably not. No, I think they have right now. Ah, it's tough to say. It's, it'll always say old oh, championship pedigree, but, I agree. I don't think so. Right now, they're probably that first round match with the Heat. The Heat beat the you know, Heat or in the NBA Finals last year. They're probably playing down. They're also going to be wanting to. They're in on Lowry as well. So you never know. It's it's interesting. Uh, changing a bit here from the Raptors. You had the privilege to talk with uh, CEBL, the Canadian Elite Basketball League commissioner, commissioner Mike Morreale. He's a former former CFL wide receiver with the with the Toronto Argonauts and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, you had the opportunity to talk about if Calgary could be on that list for potential expansion uh, down once we get out of the pandemic into 2022. Yeah, uh, it's kind of something that was on the back of my mind. So I, I reached out to him to see, you know, what are the possibilities of Calgary, you know, getting that expansion franchise? When you look at, you know, the past two CEBL champions mm-hmm. uh, last year it was Edmonton. The year before that it was Saskatchewan. So, you know, we're seeing a little bit of growth in the game, you know, out in Western Canada. You know, Agreed. you have the Raptors out east and, you know, they kind of dominate the whole market. But uh, it's really starting to create a little bit of momentum out west here. Uh, he was saying that, you know, they were hopeful to maybe get in next year or the 21-22 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the pandemic has really thrown everything off for everybody. So it might get delayed another year. Um, but those conversations are still going. So it could be closer than we think. I credit the CEBL for, for playing last year uh, in a bubble uh, without, you know, when other leagues couldn't figure out their, their things. And I think I, I agree with, with the way, uh, with this way the sport has grown, was blown up out here that Western Canada with, with, with the more immigrant population, with the more people moving from out East than, than that Raptors NBA title run, the sport of basketball is bigger than ever out West, especially. And I think, if you you can get a team at the Saddle Dome or playing somewhere else that you can watch on a nightly basis, I think the sport can go even higher in this in this part of the part of the country. Yeah, and the way that uh, Morialli has kind of positioned this league has been you know kind of remarkable when you see them getting to play, um, you know, doing their bubble last year. He told me that 
they basically got approval to play that bubble series. Basically, I think he said an hour before tip wow. off for that first game. <laughs> um, That's amazing. So the amount of pressure that they've been, um, you know, put through and then putting on that season. And I mean, even when you look at Western Canada, I think there's still a lot of people that are kind of itching to have, you know, the Grizzlies back or have a vet team yeah. out in Vancouver, uh, you know, because nobody really wanted them to leave in the first place. No, it was, it was, it was the situation of the league. I mean, the team wasn't, wasn't great and everything. And, and I, 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 I don't know what the attendance figures were, but I'm sure they weren't awful, but it's just, you know, it, it's a shame that we, we, don't have those two teams uh, in Canada, but maybe, maybe one day, who knows? Uh, we're talking with Steve Cito of 660 News, talking all things Raptors, CEBL, and now a little Blue Jays, Riley Pollock. Hey, Steve. Uh, we're well into spring training, the practice side of it anyway. The Jays play real baseball tomorrow in Grapefruit League action. What are some positions that you're most looking forward to watching closely in the Grapefruit League action as we head towards this season start? Well, first off, I want to say I'm super excited that baseball is back because, I mean, that means that the weather's slowly going to start warming up here. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm on board with that as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this team is going to be exciting, I think. I mean, when you look at the addition of uh, George Springer out in center and then you bring in Marcus Simeon on a very short-term deal, that one-year deal, I think that's really going to solidify that lineup. So when you look at, you know, the number one slot, all the way down to number nine, you know, you're not going to see any holes in that lineup. The one that I'm most interested about this year is third base. When you look at sliding Kevin Biggio there to play probably full-time, you know, the majority of the games, maybe see if Vlad can maybe get uh, some of that funk back that, or shake off some of that funk that he had at third base. And, you know, when they switched him over to first, you know, he's looking good coming into spring training. Uh, so this, I think, third base, I think, is going to be that pivotal point um, that may be able to push them uh, over the edge. Yeah, for sure. And it seems like there's a bit of a battle out in the outfield as well. There's there's four guys, really, that, that could be starters in the outfield, but only only three spots out there. What do you think is going to go down in the outfield? I, I think you have to keep uh, Guriel out and left. Uh, you know, that's probably not his first position. But he didn't look too shabby out there in left field all last year throughout Buffalo. Um, right field, again, I think you have to give the edge to uh, Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, having a silver slugger season last year, uh, you know, you can't look past that. Uh, and then, you know, Randall Gritch is, is just going to be on that outside kind of looking in. Uh, I think you he'll still get in some reps every now and then, but if you have to put him in the designated hitter slot, I mean, that's not a terrible slot to have Randall Grichik, yeah. uh, you know, who's a, who's a pretty good hitter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of young guys on this team. Who do you expect to take maybe that next step, that next big leap for this Jays team this season? Oof, that's a, that's a tough, tough question. Um, I want to, I, I really want to say someone in that pitching staff, but when you look at, um, you know, the additions that they made, uh, they didn't really bring off a whole lot. I think Steven, I, I have to pick Steven Matz to hopefully have a breakthrough season. I mean, when you look at that rotation, it's a lot of left-handers in that rotation for the AL East. Does that not scare you a little bit? Yeah, absolutely it does. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of hoping that Steven Matz kind of goes off, uh, you know, off his first few seasons that he had with the Mets and, you know, keep that ERA down, you know, and, 
hopefully work some of that magic back. And, you know, hopefully that uh, that new environment in uh, Toronto or Dunedin, Florida, will hopefully give them, you know, that nice reset. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of that pitching staff, Nate Pearson, of course, the uh, the big stud that the Jays are hoping becomes that ace in the bullpen eventually. Do you think maybe the key to stabilizing a rotation that a lot think might be their weak point would be a very good season from Nate Pearson? Yeah, I think their their entire season kind of banks on Nate Pearson to see if he can throw uh, 150 innings. I mean, I don't think you push him to 200. I think that's the biggest question as well with Nate Pearson is how many innings is he going to pitch? I think somewhere around the 150 mark, maybe pushing 170, 180. Uh, I think a lot of people would be comfortable with because then he is kind of going into that fifth inning, maybe pushing into the sixth and seventh. But, uh, you know, that's going to be tough because he had, you know, a few injury troubles last year. But uh, I I think Nate Pearson is kind of that big factor in that rotation. Yeah, for sure. And last one for me on the Jays. What 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 is your feeling on the realistic expectations for the Jays team this season? Where would you like to see them? Ooh, I I, I mean I'm a big Blue Jays fan, so <laughs> my my expectation personally, I say let's go all the way to the World Series and win it. But realistically, when you look at it, I think that they are the first wild card seed. Um, I think that they can string together a few series wins when you look at the lineup that they have. And when you add George Springer to that mix, you know, I only think they got better in the off season with their offense. So hopefully it kind of brings back that 2015, 2016 mix. Um, but I think that first wild card spot. Yeah. That's where I kind of have them as well. So uh, glad we can agree on that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Steve. It's going to be an amazing spring summer, hopefully for the Raptors and the Jays. I'm sure uh, we can. Uh, we can't wait to uh, talk to you again on uh, Sportsnet today. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thanks for the time. You guys take care. See ya. You as well. There you go, Steve Cito of Six Six News, talking all things Raptors, CEPL, and the Young Blue Jays, embarking on what should be another very confusing year in Major League Baseball. And he joined us on our Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, now open for limited dine-in service with all safety precautions in place. Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the best pizza. Pasta, steaks, and ribs since 1975, 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. That Nashville-Columbus game is now final. Predators hold on for a 2-1 victory. Final segment around the corner as the Flames beat the Senators 6-3. Debate popped up yesterday on the big show, and there's some rumors that Jack Eichel could eventually be made available from Buffalo. Now, if you're the Flames, do you make an offer for this once-in-a-lifetime generational talent like Eichel? Riley and I will discuss uh, this next. You're listening to Sportsnet Today on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Back to Sportsnet Today on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Final segment on Sportsnet Today. Jack Eichel, pretty good player, right, Riley? Yeah, I'd say he's decent. Uh, decent, yeah, okay. Uh, so he's 24 years old. He's only second to Connor McDavid in points scored from the 2015 draft. He is a generational talent, and any other of the 30 teams would probably kill to have this guy on their team. His name is Jack Eichel, and he plays for the Buffalo Sabres. Now, Riley, do I, I propose this question to you. Should Jack Eichel be made available? Should the Calgary Flames do everything they can to get this guy on their team. I'm 
I'm going to be the worst and be in a little bit of both camps. On one hand, yes, absolutely. Why wouldn't you get an elite number one center that can help any team out? But in the other, I think it was it was Will that said this yesterday, and I agree with him. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he said it yesterday. Um, yeah, Will was definitely a game. What did, what did he what has he done for Buffalo to as a generational player? I mean, they've brought yeah. players in to play with him. They he hasn't carried them. So what what makes the Flames think that he puts them over the top, I guess? I But I argue I do have a package. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll we'll get to our packages here. Sorry, I don't want to say that. No, we're not going to get to our package. We'll get to our trades here. <laughs> In a little bit. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um, no, but yeah, that's right. Like, you look at these guys, you look at Connor McDavid. Has he had the greatest team success in Edmonton? They've won one playoff round. Uh, you know, you look yeah. at all these guys drafted at the top. Austin Matthews never won a playoff round. You know, it's 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 not it's not so much uh the player it's it's when people have to realize this is it's a team and and obviously it's not working it hasn't worked in buffalo no matter how much they've tried in buffalo it just doesn't work now i think if you're calgary you and yes you do have the assets i think every team has the assets it just depends on how deep you want to want to move heaven and earth for to get this guy now calgary has been in a constant vicious circle you know over the last they've never rebuilt they've never picked higher than what fourth yeah I sam bennett that's correct yeah yeah the, the sam bennett uh uh and that was 2015 the same the same uh same draft as uh jack eichel um no sorry that was 2014 my bad anyways it's it's like calgary hasn't ever rebuilt per uh rebuilt from the ground up to get up as a player like jack eichel now riley you want to you want to go first in your uh your proposed deal sure Uh, My proposed deal that I think at least gets Buffalo to answer the phone is something like Sean Monaghan, Yusuf Valimaki, Connor Zary, and a first-round pick. Okay. Okay. That is, I think Buffalo at least answers the phone. Now, they might say, we don't want Zary, we want Pelchier. And they Mm -hmm. might, you know, be like, okay, if that's the case, we'll give you Hannafin instead of Valimaki. I mean, there's, there's parts that can move there, but I think it's a prospect that is playing right now in the nhl a, a young guy probably a top six center, a top two line center which i think monahan can be a good second line center but i don't know that he's an elite first line center that's for sure mm-hmm. and then i think it's a high-end prospect and a, at least one first round pick yeah i mean that's 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 probably probably the initial start like maybe maybe on my end i went more expansive with this and i really like did the number crunchy? I don't know. It's probably it's more of a trade that you definitely have to probably do in the offseason. I don't think you can do this trade uh, at the deadline or if in a couple of weeks. It's going to have to happen when stuff's off the you know when the, when you have an idea of what your your next team is going to look like. Now my trade had now don't shoot the messenger. This is just what I think Buffalo would want. Uh, it's Matthew Kachuk, it's Sean Monahan, it's Yusuf Valimaki, it's Connor Zary, and it's probably two first round picks. Oh, that's a big, that's a big one. That's a big one. Like, I, I, I yeah. think that's what you'd have to do. And like, that's where it is. Like, do you, it, it's for fun. This is all just for fun. I'm yes, absolutely. That, that BT is going to call Buffalo up right now and say, yes. hey, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> giving you Matthew Kachuk and Sean Monahan and all these guys. I get it. I, I'm not a GM. I'm just saying 
And it's not like Calgary. I have Calgary getting Brandon Montour, who's an RFA. Curtis Lazar, former Flame, who's having a decent season with the Sabres. And they actually get a 21 second as well to Jack Eichel. Now, he's a $10 million cap hit for the next six seasons. His no-move clause doesn't kick in for another two years. It's a it's probably wise to at least make the attempt to call, right, if, he, if he's yes. even available. And if we know Brad, we do know that he his hat's in almost every big name's ring. So I'm sure if Eichel really is made available, Brad Tree Living is making a call. Oh, for sure. And like... So people getting mad, I'm not, I'm just making a trade. Like if you want to make the trade, like make your own trade, but it's going to, if you want a guy like Jack Eichel, if you want a guy like that, it's going to cost you. And I get, I don't, I don't know if maybe Flames fans are aware of how good he is. And I get it. You see Buffalo on paper. That's not a good team. You see Taylor Hall not having a great time. You see Jeff Skinner, who's been a healthy scratch, making a ton of money. I argue Buffalo is not the greatest situation for a lot of young talent. Yeah. And it's never thing been. is Sam Reinhardt that hasn't worked out there. It's, 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 yeah. it's not a good place. And, and that's, not I guess like, just I'll... with that, like with Kachuk going, I say who plays on the wings. They're already, they're already light on the right mm-hmm. wing. And then to get, to get rid yeah. of him is I'm wondering if that helps Eichel at all. But I mean, if Eichel gets to play with Johnny Goudreau at the same time, that's probably the most dynamic passer and playmaker that Eichel's ever played with. Probably it's, it's a tough one. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying for, for how long the flames haven't, you know, they've been in this one little mode of we're okay. We don't, yeah, they say they want to be the contenders, but they, I don't think they've ever really put out a team that can be a true contender. And you can say that like with, they've had it before with Iggy and Kipper and now with, with Markstrom, it's just, I don't know. It's fun. That's all I'm saying. It's just, it's a yeah. fun debate. And I think if Jack Eichel is made available, I think every team in the league, minus the teams that are super deep at center, because you're not going to add Jack Eichel to like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares. It, it just doesn't make sense. But like, you know, that's what I mean. It's, it's just for fun. And, and I think Calgary should definitely try if it's, if it's possible. Yeah. Make the call for sure. But I think there's a line. Yeah, on, no, uh, for sure. Maybe, maybe yeah. May, yeah, probably mine's a little much. Probably is yeah. a lot, but it's but, probably uh, not far off. It's like if you're you if you're thinking for. of it, if you're thinking of it like cap compliance wise and all that, like cap wise, it's not it too far perfect. away. Yeah, literally cap wise, it's a Calgary actually gains a hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> which is weird. Which is <laughs> It'll be but interesting anyways. though because he he's not going to stay in Buffalo forever if uh, no, if it keeps it, going like this. Exactly, I think Klein brought it up yesterday too, and it's like, yeah, well, if it doesn't work out, you can move Eichel. Jack Eichel's not going to be terrible. You know, as soon as he gets here, you could probably move him for for a second. Whatever. That's it's 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 reading. It's just it's just for fun. It's just radio. It's what we do. It's sports radio. It's talk. Uh, so good debate, Riles. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. Yeah. So that will do it for today's edition of Sportsnet Today. Reminder: It's the final weekend of the Scotties taking place at Winsport. Team Alberta alive and well in the championship pool. Jennifer Jones looking for her seventh Scotties title, which would move her into first place all time, passing Colleen Jones. Thank you to Steve Cito from Six Sixty News, Riley Pollock, and of course. Our outstanding producer, Kyle Lauderdale. Uh, Patrick Dumas, we'll talk to you in one week's time. And yes, the Calgary Hitmen, they'll be on the ice as well by the time we talk to you next week. Have a great rest of your weekend. CBS Sports Radio is next. You're listening to Sportsnet 960 The Fan.